0: This episode of the EdCuration Podcast is sponsored by Be Readers Español, a K-12 evidence-informed supplemental digital learning experience that combines personalized learning and authentic Spanish language content in an adaptive game-like environment that builds students' Spanish literacy skills. Real-time data and tools inform instruction and enhance both the learning and the teaching experience. Originally conceived for use in Spanish language countries, it's an ideal supporting tool for teachers anywhere. B Readers is a flexible supplemental experience that can be easily used in multiple teaching environments and integrated into a wide variety of instructional models from dual language, bilingual education, ESL, to IB and heritage learner classrooms. Be Readers makes reading fun for Spanish speaking students, incentivizes students to read more and more often. You can find Be Readers, B-E-E, readers, all one word, at edcuration.com. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional movements, resources, tools, and practices that are reshaping learning. They look like, um, like mermaids and queens.
1: So what do you think a drag queen is? Uh, queen a queen of dragons. A yeah.
2: queen of dragons. We really are. We entertain, we lip sync, we are funny. We're like clowns, but prettier. And
1: I get to hang out with people like you. Isn't that awesome?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking to these girls downstairs. None of them asked me, You know, am I a boy? They had a lot of questions about how did I get my hair to be purple or how do I get glitter to stick to my face or where did I get all these clothes? But, you know, they just kind of take me at face value and I think that's really exciting.
0: I like how she added the sea creatures and makes it extra, extra pretty to me. In the spring of 2022, a team of us from Curation attended South by Southwest EDU in Austin. And late one afternoon, there was a session presented by the Drag Queen Story Hour. I had heard of the Drag Queen Story Hour, mostly through reporting of the controversy and protests that these events are drawing across the country. I was eager for the chance to learn more about the what and the why of Drag Queen Story Hour. So I made my way to the session, and i could barely squeeze into the room apparently hundreds of other participants shared my curiosity i don't have it on authority but i'd be willing to bet a lot of money that this was the most well attended workshop at the entire conference and i was grateful in the ensuing weeks to track down drag queen story hours executive director jonathan hamilt who is happy to help our ed curation listeners Also, understand more about the what and the why of Drag Queen Story Hour.
1: Drag Story Hour is exactly like it sounds. It's drag storytellers, kings and queens, and all other royal beings that read to kids and um, public schools and libraries basically, any community space where you can get kids and drag artists together. And we read children's books and sing children's songs and do arts and crafts. And we Um, our hope is to spread literacy and love and acceptance of all.
0: The Drag Story Hour's stated mission is to celebrate reading through the glamorous art of drag, creating diverse, accessible, and culturally inclusive family programming where kids can express their authentic selves and become bright lights of change in their communities. And here's how it all began.
1: It started in 2016 with author, and activist Michelle T in the Bay Area. If you haven't read any of her books, I would definitely check her out. So she's a young parent at the time and really loved taking her kid to story time at the library and was like, this is great. But, you know, as a queer parent, it would be cool to have some queer family programming. How could we queer up story hour? And she's like, oh, we'll have a drag queen read the books. So shortly after the Castro library, Had a drag queen doing their story hour, and it was just a very fun, very San Francisco community, you know, based thing. And then a year after that, I was visiting the Bay Area, and I do drag myself. And I saw on the flyer that they were having this drag queen story hour at a library. I was like, oh, like I'm gonna check this out. And it was Honey Mahogany from RuPaul's Drag Race, like way back, like a lot, like in the early seasons. And all the kids were chanting her name and yelling and clapping. And she read all these beautiful books and did all these movement breaks and exercises in between books with like a craft activity. I was like, this is so cool. I really want to bring this to New York City. And um, that's where Story Hour started was in the Bay Area. And um, all the first people that read were all um, trans women who do drag. Um, and they're all BIPOC. So that's where our roots are with the organization. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, and so the impetus at the beginning came from this one mother who thought she wanted more representation from the queer and LGBTQ communities within children's programming.
1: Yeah, getting that queer representation at all different ages, I think is really important Yeah, uh, for kids to experience difference. Because you're going to go out to the world and you're going to see non-binary people, or trans people, or gay people, or a drag queen, and that's just the world we live in.
0: And it's become kind of a global phenomenon. So it started in San Francisco. You took it to New York City, but you guys are all over the world now.
1: Yeah, we have about 50 chapters in 45 states. Like, I get confused sometimes. And then we have uh, international presence. We have a huge chapter network in Mexico. We're in officially in Berlin and Tokyo and Sweden, um, Denmark and um, Australia. And now I'm talking to people in the Netherlands and Amsterdam to start a chapter there as well.
0: You do a lot of libraries because libraries tend to have story hours, but you're also available to do work in schools. And for yeah. our audience, what is involved in your work with schools? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, schools
1: are tricky for any external programming story hour is very nuanced and very sensational and a lot of public school systems are a little you know cautious about our program because of the news we've been getting and because of the sensationalism so we help the school approach it to their administration and get you know the top tier person on board whether that's you know their principal or the county or whoever because at a teacher level everyone loves it and we usually work with the libraries inside of the schools versus a teacher so it's usually the school librarian that wants to book us and they bring the classes into the library for the story hour but you know we're here to help answer any questions or faqs and deliver a really fun
0: experience and what ages is this best for all ages
1: I mean, I think story hour transcends age and anybody loves being read to, but our bread and butter programming, our sin- signature story hour is three to eight year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of our chapters work with diverse communities. Like we do uh, book clubs for middle schoolers. We do drama club visits and GSA, visits and high schoolers. We started working with senior citizens at that age group. We do bilingual story hours and multilingual story hours. And we work with kids with autism and other special needs. So we do a lot of diverse programming, but people don't really hear about that. And yeah, just,
0: and we want them to know about it. In story time at a Brooklyn public
1: library, prompting a protest this morning, and it's who is reading to those children, is what parents are upset about. We
2: have a
0: drag queen, which
2: is a man dressed as a woman, Coming to read to children, not about cat in the hat,
0: about gender fluidity. Some of the fears of the protesters and the critics, because we typically think of drag performances as a little bit racy and somewhat sexually charged and, you know, maybe some vulgarity and a lot of blue humor, which, you know, adults enjoy. But... I can imagine that there's concern about that in schools. And so describe for those people who don't have a clear picture of this, what happened? What are all the things that happen at a drag queen story hour?
1: Yeah, I mean, drag, the art form of drag itself can be adult, like any form of art, whether right. it be dancing or seeing a play or a movie, you have your R-rated movies, you have your G-rated movies, and the same actors can be in both of them and nobody's criticizing that happening I so it's the same with drag drag um we are a children's literacy nonprofit. we have we're in many public library systems and many public school systems so we literally read children's books sing children's songs um and do like a movement break in between each song and then end with a and craft activity and that's our program. And it's basically the same as any story time you've been to. It's just that the reader is just a little more fabulous than your <laughs> average um, <laughs> reader. Concerns in that capacity are real questions. Because when we first started the program, everyone loved us. But they were like, "Oh, well, I've seen drag shows, you know, at midnight at a club. I don't know if this is you know, appropriate for kids. And, you know, we are a 100% a children's program, queer artists and can exist in different spaces and that's okay.
0: And I I would guess that the engagement level for a lot of the students and participants is pretty high because you are a work of art and you're professional performers. Do you have you personally have some favorite success stories of from your story hours? Yeah, I can think back to a time when we
1: First launched our story hours for kids with autism and other special needs in a New York City public library, and one parent wrote to us saying, "You know, I was really nervous to bring my kid to story hour. Um, they can never sit through a full-length program. It's you know, it's always an issue. But not only did their was their kid able to go and attend, they also engaged and asked questions and raised their hand and sang songs and." was really into the story hour and then every time they go to the library the kid always asks oh are we seeing that you know drag performer that drag queen that read that read to us and then they associate story hour with every time they go to the library now which i think is like really special um and says a lot about performance and giving kids permission just to be kids you know the only agenda we're pushing is we're in creating a safe space to be creative and that you creativity can look like so many different things with nothing else attached to it
0: who chooses the titles jonathan do you guys kind of come with a set of titles that you like to read or that are your favorite to perform or can a teacher or a librarian request certain titles when you're coming for a story hour yeah we
1: we have many different type of book lists that we work with we work with early childhood educators and librarians and just different books that we love and the messages that we really like. So it's a collaborative effort. You know, we have our black voices list, our indigenous voices book list, books that deal with different subject matters. We definitely love books that that use gender neutral language. We also love to choose books that are that have human characters that look like the groups of people that we are reading to. So if we are in El Paso, Texas, or the South Mm -hmm. Bronx, or Spanish Harlem, we're picking books that has characters that people can see themselves in, and kids can see themselves, versus a really happy squirrel, or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and we also really try to stay away from books that have to deal with bullying, which is kind of hard, because there's lots of great books out there, like, um, Sparkle Boy, which are great books, but there's always this theme of the character being bullied for being different. And kind of, for us, we don't want to introduce that concept of bullying others. So we have a very particular curriculum of what kind of books that we choose, and we create mini lesson plans of how to ask questions and engage the audience with our
0: titles. In thinking about literacy for diverse learners, a quick reminder that today's episode is sponsored by Bee Readers supporting literacy and a love of reading for Spanish speakers and Spanish language acquisition for world language learners. This is Pamela Colbertson, Director of Marketing for Be Readers Español. We are proud to sponsor this episode of the Ed Curation Podcast. At Be Readers, we believe that all students deserve an opportunity to grow and learn. We are redefining the academic possibilities for Spanish-speaking students by strengthening their Spanish reading comprehension skills. Be readers is the recipient of multiple industry awards, including the Learning Engineering Tools Competition Award, the Child Tech 2022 Award in Mexico for Diversity and Inclusion in Education, and the Academics Choice Award Smart Media winner. Find B-Readers at edcuration.com. Can any queen enroll to be a reader? How does one get accepted to present at a drag queen story hour?
1: Yeah. If somebody is interested in working with us, they reach out and we try to see where they are in the world. And if they have an existing chapter close to them mm-hmm. to, to join in, then we do, we vet them, we do a background check and then a storyteller agreement. And then like a storytelling one hundred and one training. You can have an amazing drag artist that can sing live or death drop to Beyonce in a club, but you put them in front of a bunch of kids at 11 a.m. It looks very different than the nightlife scene. So we equipped them with, you know, um, you're going to be in fluorescent lighting. You're going to have kids sitting at like your feet. So think of like a different costume and you're going to be in daylight drag. So all these things you never think about at night, you have to kind of rethink. We show them how to read books and ask questions and engage the audience.
0: So kind of like anyone applying for a summer camp job or whatever, it's the same, it's a similar process of being screened, accepted and then trained to do, to do the work. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I, I always hate to give space or voice to, you know, to the haters, but what would you say are the fears and the misunderstandings? You know
1: it's so difficult right now we live in such a polarizing time. Mm-hmm. There's not really space for people to use critical thinking or nuance. I feel like everyone is you're either far left or far right or that's just what is being portrayed in the in the media and the news. You're not really getting this critical thinking moderate level-headed voice at all. We get a lot of, you know, these white nationalists and these proud boys and really insane you can't really talk about drag when they just are homophobic overall. Okay. They, they read a crazy article on the Daily Caller or see something on Facebook and suddenly, you know, suddenly we're evil and all these things are happening. But, yeah. you know, if you actually went to our programming, it's just literally a story hour. But the yeah. person has a wig on like it's theater. The good stuff you don't hear about is nobody wants to hear about all the good things happening. But, you yeah. know. We have chapters that are growing. We have amazing supporters and amazing community. We have lots of queer families that that love us. We have t- lots of sustaining donors. We have people that want to see us thrive, and they love our program. And you yeah. don't you don't hear about that often. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not just about queer families either. I mean, it's about it's about the whole public, right? Being Able to celebrate um, diversity and spectacle. Yeah,
1: I, it's a great way for kids to experience otherness if you're going to go to a heritage festival or um, have your kids experience some other type of culture or way of life.
0: How did you first get interested in drag?
1: Well, I feel like when you do drag, you're either a Halloween drag queen or somebody asked to put you in drag for a charity event. I was like a Halloween drag queen so i did drag the time during halloween maybe back in like 2009 or 10 i dressed up as lana del rey at a halloween party and i was like oh this is amazing i'm taking on all, all this new persona and i'm getting this confidence i'm talking to strangers and i'm making jokes and i'm this whole different character which i'm usually not out of drag and i was like oh this is like a really powerful tool and exercise to get me out of my space hmm. and be someone different
0: were you a performer prior to doing drag? Yeah, so I somehow I've
1: escaped nightlife in New York City. I, I very much do um, family-friendly drag events. Obviously, Story Hour is one of them. I do charity bingos and charity drag shows and raise money for different nonprofits around New York City. So I've never really done like the nightlife
0: scene. Rather than just tell you all about Drag queen Story Hour, Jonathan and I thought it would be fun to let you experience it firsthand. One of the Drag queen Story Hour queens agreed to join us today for a story. Angel Electra discovered drag the same way Jonathan did on Halloween.
2: It took a long enough for me to actually find that in myself to be able to express that because I was always a shy person. But then I said, you know what, let me try it. And ever since then I never looked back. I started performing, singing live. And then um, after that I took Westchester by storm, started doing a lot of good things in Westchester.
0: Angel is in full costume and makeup, and if you'd like to see the YouTube video of her story, you can find the link in the episode notes. I asked Angel to select one of her favorite books to read.
2: The main one that just caught my eyes is the kindness book. Because okay. sometimes we had to remind ourselves that there's many ways to be kind. And sometimes we forget to be kind. So this book is written by one of my favorite authors and it's Todd Parr. So I always like to ask children, what is kindness? So I normally wait for their reply and then I give them my little perspective of what kindness is. Kindness can mean anything. Kindness can mean, you know, saying thank you to someone or, you know, if someone is actually, my favorite one is if someone is being bullied being kind is removing that person from being bullied and stand up and talk and say, say, look, this person is being bullied. This is not supposed to happen. So that's a very, very good way of being kind. Another way of being kind is thinking about people's feelings and helping them feel good. Being kind makes you and me feel good. Absolutely. There's another way of being kind. Kindness is reading a bedtime story to someone you love, okay? This is a very important one, especially for children in school, right? And our our professors in school. Kindness is taking care of your community. So how do we do that? We, you know, make sure that our school grounds are clean. We make sure that if, you know, we have a school day that we, you know, we can do a food bank or go give food to local charities, right? Kindness is holding the door open for someone. That's another thing. Sometimes we, even adults, we tend to forget. We walk right through that door. We close the door and we forget to say thank you, right? This is another important one. Kindness is listening. There's two different, there's hearing and there's listening. Kindness is listening. Making sure you listen to every detail, right? Just like that little chick up there is listening to that gorgeous zebra right kindness is keeping others safe right you see that little crossing guard there keeping our little duck safe it's a lot of those out here in florida kindness is free there's no fee and there's no price to be kind
0: you like that that was beautiful what compels you to volunteer your time to Drag Queen Story Hour? Because the queens, mostly, for the most part, you're all volunteers.
2: The reason I personally do it is because when I was a younger boy, you know, I felt very different. I felt different. I felt that I was different from everyone else. And I didn't have any queer role models to help me find myself. When I started Drag Queen Story Hour five years ago, two years after I started Drag, I can tell you, I've seen so many, so many amazing and different children come up to me with their stories of how they feel different and you know how they get bullied in school for wanting to wear a tutu because they identified, you know, as whatever they identified. And, you know, stuff like that. It hurts because, you know, that's what I went through when I was a kid. And it would hurt me to see. Our future continue that you know. I, I don't want to see that. I want to be able to see everyone being accepted for who they are. You know, I spread love, and that's all I spread. And I'm married. You know, um, I've been with my husband for 23 years. I've been married for seven years. So I just want a better world. And if it takes, again, if it takes me to wear a fabulous costume to express to our different children that it's okay to be who you want to be. Mm-hmm. then by all means, my time is always available for Tranquil Story Hour.
0: So if an educator listening wanted to arrange for a story hour or summer camp or an after-school club or something, how would they go about reaching out? Do they need to find their local chapter or what's the best way to proceed? Yeah, I would look at our website and
1: fill out the booking form and have a quick, a quick um, check-in with me. And try to hook them up with the closest chapter.
0: And then as far as the literacy piece.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Literacy looks really different for all of our different chapters. Sometimes it's more cultural literacy. Some is actual like literacy, literacy, like, you know, reading books. In um, Mexico, their biggest issues is, you know, at home abuse and domestic violence and getting the whole family to read. So they're really focused on that. You know, if you're reading to a bunch of kids in New York City, in Brooklyn, it's going to look different.
0: When you have a story hour, what is what do you want to send them away, understanding and knowing? What is your message for them?
2: My message, and this is exactly what we've been talking for the past 20 minutes, is accepting yourself and loving yourself and um to be quite honest i didn't come to love myself until i met my husband which was 23 years ago and i'm 40 42 and you know half of my life i, I didn't love myself and my message to every child and even to adults it's love yourself you know care for yourself be who you want to be
0: you can learn more about drag queen story hour find a local chapter or contact jonathan Hamilton through the links in the episode notes You can also learn more and reach out to today's sponsor, Bee Readers, and inquire about their free pilot opportunity at edcuration.com. Here's what fifth grade teacher Daniela Delgadio from Alamo Elementary School had to say. My kids were amazed. They loved using the platform. One of their favorite things was um, not only reading, but reading um, genres and novels from their own country. Um, as a teacher, I love being able to track their progress and looking at their skills, their levels. Um, and then one other thing that my kids love was the were the um, bitcoins. They loved reading, um, obtaining those bitcoins and then being able to use those. Um, so we're very grateful that we had the opportunity to try B readers and I really recommend it. Join us again next week when we'll talk with Luke Butcher from International Dyslexia Learning Solutions to help us better understand the challenges and solutions for dyscalculia. Thanks for joining the Ed Curation Podcast, where we're reshaping learning.